Ah, there it goes. Uh, modern technology. Isn't it amazing how they can make you look foolish at a moment's notice? Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, whose mic was nowhere near him. I'm just firing on all cylinders at the moment. All right. And uh, let me just flash that up. I, and the real March Madness is becoming. We're going to get into all the playoff races and how it's getting more solidified for the New York Islanders. But look out for the New York Rangers right now. And the man who is the host of the final buzzer talked about the Rangers seeking home ice, Mr. John Falkowski. We want home ice chance better be uh, coming up from the Rangers fans tomorrow, especially if they get a lead against the Devils. I mean, it's starting to look a little bit like there might be a little bit more than home ice advantage. That's that's on the way. We'll we'll see more into that. We're gonna actually break that down for all of you so right you're now. Saying there's a chance. There's a chance. It's a very outside chance. I didn't think that there was a chance the Rangers were catching the Devils. <laughs> and the the funny part is, there's gonna be a big theme about this. Everybody all throughout the show. Usually in this like dog days of the season, you get the team that plays hot and the teams that let the other teams back in. Those are going to go hand in hand, Pittsburgh. And uh, so without further ado, unfortunately, we will not have uh, Anthony LaRocco to start. Hopefully he can make it for the end of the show. Let's go right to the A block where, as you guys know, it is powered by SeatGeek. You can't see it right now because it's covered up right there. But SeatGeek powering the A block, $20 off your first order. And just use the promo code Big Apple Hockey, all one word. I actually so, used it for um, AEW tickets, which are next Wednesday. So next Wednesday's uh, episode, I will actually not be on for April fifth. Oh wow, we might have to cancel because uh, I'm going to be in uh, South Carolina. So yeah, that's gonna that, that's going to be yeah, that's going to be uh, something else. And um, of course, we're starting to get more of them now. So watch the final buzzer with John Falkowski. That's the man that's right over there. And also, you want to catch any of the 60-second game reviews whenever I get to do them on Instagram. And uh, don't worry, Islander fans, we're not going to leave everybody out. If both teams are in the playoffs, we're going to be doing uh, – I'm going to be doing morning shows either the next day or if John does the final buzzer, Ranger fans, you'll be able to see that one. So there's going to be a lot of hockey we're talking about. Filk. The Rangers moving into third place, or not moving into third place. They're still in third place. 98 points, 44, 20, and 10. 53, a plus 53 for the goal differential. That is the highest in the Metropolitan Division. It is the second highest in the Eastern Conference. Who's got the most, Philk? Um, It's actually the second highest in the NHL, and it's behind the Boston Bruins. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, and... It, Fortunately, it's written, it's on the graphic for NHL, but, you know, Phil's got the audio people's back. The Rangers beat the Carolina Hurricanes since our last broadcast, beat the, uh, the Florida Panthers, and then really took it to the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, although they let the Blue Jackets back in the game. Two points out of second place. Devils right now have more wins, so that will help them. But five points back at first place tomorrow night. 
Ding, ding, Philk. The New York Rangers at the New Jersey Devils. Philk, I'm going to give it to you right now. I'm just going to put you right on the spot. Tomorrow night, will the New York Rangers tie the Devils for second place? I got to be the optimist and say yes. Um, the Rangers are 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. Um, their one loss in regulation was to the division-leading Carolina Hurricanes. And that was a game that they could have won. They, they could have been 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. Um, I mean, I'm gonna, I got to go with Core here. Buying around the same bar talk, but I'm buying around. <laughs> Core is getting hyped up as well. Uh, speaking of which, if you don't already do so, check out Core's videos on his channel. Yes. He's got some good stuff. Um, definitely check him out and support him as well. We support all of our hockey YouTubers and content creators here. So figured I'd just give a little shout out to him. But um, yeah, I, I think they're doing it. Uh, I, I just think that this team is playing great hockey right now. I think the Devils are going to make it a really tough game because they're going to be pissed after the way the Islanders ended up beating them up. But that Devils team looks vulnerable. Uh, I think the Rangers can handle them. Even without Ryan Lindgren, I think they can deal with it. Um, I do worry a little bit about how that speed can really affect someone like uh, Ben Harper, who's not the greatest skater. But I, I will say this, the Rangers have a lineup that the Devils are going to have problems with. And you got to think about that as well from a Rangers perspective. So uh, the Rangers uh, definitely have got that top six going. Uh, they looked great last night against Columbus. Yeah, it's Columbus. But they've looked great overall in general, especially since Kane was put with Trocek and Kreider. That line has been really good together. Um, we're starting to see a little more from Patrick Kane, as I've talked about. Um, I mentioned on Twitter that I think that the best has yet to come from Patrick Kane. I think he might be saving himself a little bit for playoff time. I think we might get a little sneak peek of Showtime tomorrow night. That's just me. I, I think Interesting. this is going to be a game where he's going to want to make a sting and he's going to come out and it's going to be a big game. And they, this is part of why they got Patrick King is because they wanted that big game score, that big game winning experience, that pedigree Kane brings that and he brings that in spades. So I, I think we're going to see a little bit of that from Patrick Kane tomorrow night. Um, I, I, I also like Mika Zibanejad against the devils. Mika Zibanejad has been very good against the devils since he's come to the Rangers um so yeah including a couple of hat tricks i believe um against them yeah so, only the yeah. flyers i believe hate seeing me because advantage had more uh yeah that kind of goes without saying right but the devils definitely hate seeing me because advantage because he has done nothing but terrorize them over the last i would say five six seasons so yeah, uh, I think this is a great game. I think this is a statement game. This is big. This is drama. This is hockey. This is what the NHL wants. A game like this between two big divisional rivals that have a long storied history uh, coming down the stretch with less than 10 games left until the playoffs. You couldn't script this any better. This is what they hoped for. Um, nobody thought the Devils would be here before the start of the season, but here they are. And you know what? Here's drama. Let's bring it on. This is starting to get reminiscent of the 2015 season where the Rangers hovered around third place. And then at, in, in the very end, they shot up again. I've said this before, Phil, I'll say it again. I thought they were going to use this as like a second preseason 
get everything set, go get, go get the devils in the first round. And then that's it. But as I've said, and we're, and I'm going to go over this again. It's yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I told you. Um, the, um, uh, and again, for those on audio, it was uh, Mika oh, no. oh, Sorry, points. sorry. All right. Cor, so Core messed up the stat a little bit here. So 30, 37, 37 points in 38, 38 games versus the that's Devils. That's still a point per game just about. That's still really good. That's that's damn good. Damn good. But it's part of this is teams get hot. Other teams let them back in. The Devils, 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. The Hurricanes, 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. Um, and, and now you have the Rangers, 8-8-1. Eight, eight, Suddenly now... People at the bar were saying to me, do you think they can win the division? Hell no. I don't think they can win the division. And then in that time, uh, back in 2015, it's it was really more towards February it started. They jumped over the New York Islanders and then took that They had that seat. big win against them at the Coliseum. At yeah. the Coliseum. And then another big win in the closing weeks. And then they jumped over the Washington Capitals, and that's all she wrote. Uh, the, the the Rangers and Pitt, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Stop me if you heard this, Philk. The Pittsburgh Penguins were losing games left and right inexplicably. And you're going, what the hell is going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins? By the way, what the hell is going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins? So, go, <laughs> so um, going, going back to this, though, they're starting to fire on all cylinders. They're starting. You're starting to see Igor Sesterkin, the last year's Igor Sesterkin, back. Um, I, I want to bring up some numbers that is going to justify that in a moment. Uh, I'll have to look for it while you're talking, but this is starting to look like a team that is getting ready to go for the ultimate prize. And I, I kind of said this during the Patrick Kane, uh, acquisition video that we had a month ago, they doubled their Stanley cups when they got him, their Stanley cup experience was Barkley Goudreau. Then Vladimir Tarasenko. Now Patrick Kane. Now you have six Stanley Cups when you had two in February. You got a calming influence in the in the room. And now he's starting to find his game. Like that shot he had last night. He just went in on that on, on that play. You said it in the final buzzer that uh, Kreider drops it back. Trocek passes it across. He just walks in and just goes, thank you. That's, that's all he says. <laughs> in that moment, just, yeah. And... That's what a snipe looks like. That's what stars do in the playoffs. And Patrick Kane has done it. And he's never been the, the biggest guy or the fastest guy, but he, he's a guy that could get it done. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what tomorrow night's going to bring. The New Jersey Devils win. It's not the end of the road. You kind of know where they're going to be. But if the Rangers win, that changes a lot of things. There's um, there's a, then you have a, a very big momentum going in the Rangers way and Phil, I'm going to let you talk because I'm going to bring up what the next couple games are for the devils and the Rangers and uh, Carolina. I mean, in a moment, go ahead. And yeah, that it's a huge momentum swing. If the Rangers win, because they, they stay on fire. Um, all their lines are clicking right now. The kid line has been scoring again. Alexi Lafreniere in the previous game against Florida, you know, he had himself a night. He had himself a good, really good night last night, too, as I talked about on the final buzzer. Um, he had two assists, and his skating, I think that's the best I've ever seen him skate in a game. Like, his feet were moving. He was pulling off moves that we hadn't seen from him since Ramuski. 
I mean, that cutback where he drew that penalty, that that's that's Ramuski Lafreniere right there. That's World Juniors Lafreniere right there. That's what this team needs. Because if, they, if this team gets Ramuski Lafreniere in the playoffs on that third line, then, yeah, that that team is going to be just absolute – they're going to be an absolute nightmare for teams to contain. So, um, yes, I agree with this. If they continue to turn the puck over, they will – there's going to be problems. Truba and Miller have to be better. But, I mean, the rest of the team was playing pretty well for the most part, aside from that little sputter, in, you know, in the first period and then maybe the early second. But mm. – Yes, the Young Bucks line, as I like to call them, has to keep producing, and I think they will. I, I, I think Heedle's back. I think Heedle um, has found his confidence again, and he's scoring goals at the right time. And I like the fact that he scored a big garbage goal there because those are the goals that he – he normally doesn't score a ton of those. So for, so for him to score something like that, that's something you want to see, especially come playoff time. And it's amazing because you can look at some of the schedules, like – uh, Devils got I know Boston remaining, but you got Carolina, who's got Detroit, then Montreal. Both of those are on the road. They go to they 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 host the Islanders, Carolina, host Carolina. Ottawa at Nashville, at Buffalo, at Ottawa versus Detroit, and versus Florida. Uh, sorry, at Florida, finish it. Now the thing about that is you can look at that and go, Phil, that's an easy schedule. They should mow right through those guys. A lot of these teams. Like the like the Pittsburgh Penguins, I keep bringing it up. They keep losing the teams outside the playoffs. Look at the Florida Panthers last week. You need to rest your goalie for one day. The next thing you know, there's six in your net. That that's not that's that's not going to be conducive, and that's not what's going to help. And if the if I although I do believe Rod Brindamore is one of the best regular season coaches to finish. He's done it very well the last uh, two three seasons. But I mean, this is this is a this is a team that they might be pressing a little bit and I don't know about them. Uh, now the devils, they've never been on this path before. And we talk about experience. This is where Patrick Kane is helping. I, I'm, I, I hope the devil's going to get that from Andre Palat, but right now it seems like uh, their inexperience is showing, especially in the net. Um, Akira Schmid, who is playing a lot is now, I don't think he's with the team right now. I think he's in, he's this end of down. And then you have, uh, I've been over it before. Uh, what's going on with Vitek Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackwood? You're hoping Mackenzie Blackwood's going to catch fire? They're, they they got problems in net, they, and I don't I don't think it's it's going to be coming um, undone soon. Yeah, I I don't trust their net minding at all. I really don't. I, I don't trust either of those goalies. Um, they're both very much unproven in the playoffs. Um, I, I know Banachek has a little experience at the Capitals, but not a lot. And I, I wouldn't trust Blackwood. My life depended on it right now in the playoffs. So um, New Jersey is definitely at a disadvantage. And also their defensive unit is not great. It's really not great. They're going to get mm-hmm. tested in the playoffs playing against better, uh, better forward units on a nightly basis. Uh, teams that can make, you know, they can, they can adapt the Devils will probably be a really good team in a few years, but it, this it's just not their time right now. Yeah. Although one thing to worry about is a guy that really has found his gear is Jack Hughes. He, he doesn't get injured. He's a Hart Trophy candidate, and he might be a 50-goal scorer. Think about that one for a second. Yeah. So that's, that's just unbelievable. 
So everybody, make sure first you're leaving a like and also comment what you think about the Rangers right now. And we're going to actually take a word from DraftKings and then go check in on the New York Islanders who had a couple big wins themselves. And I hate hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Phil, I guess I just accidentally hit the wrong button so I could use this brand new graphic that we have, everybody. Don't. There you go. It just says Mark messed up. <laughs> so, fortunately, you know, mistakes will always happen. Checking in across... The, with the New York Islanders, Philk, right now, firmly in fourth place. They got a three-point lead over the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm going to correct one number on there because it's 85 points, not 82. They're plus, uh, they're plus 18 goal differential. Again, that's going in the right direction. The big news for the New York Islanders, Philk, is they're holding on to wild card one. They had a win over the Devils after a uh, overtime loss to Columbus, which they did have a two-goal comeback in the third period. And a loss to Buffalo, where the less said about that, the better. But the bigger story that comes out of it is Florida loses to the Senators and Pittsburgh loses last night to Detroit. The Islanders expand their lead to three points over the Penguins, six points over the Panthers. And I got to bring up this point first, that if you look at All Things Islanders, uh, one of our partner pages, all Things Islanders posted about the importance of Kyle Palmieri and Adam Pellick. They are 15-6-4 since January 27th, tied for ninth best in the NHL in that time. Filk, because of this week and that win over the Devils, how close are the Islanders to sealing this up? Pretty close. Um, they're not completely in there yet. I mean, they're only three points ahead of uh, Pittsburgh, as, as mentioned. And then they're, they're six ahead of Florida. I, I mean, I can't imagine Florida catching the Islanders just because of that type of lead. And, I mean, Florida does have a game in hand on them. But even if they have the game in hand and they win the game in hand, then it's 81 points. Then it's four points, and it, there's seven games left. So the Islanders would really have to go on a little bit of a uh, tailspin for them to uh, – for, for Florida to get them. Pittsburgh, it's, it's more than possible. But the Islanders, in their remaining games, they have the Capitals tonight on TNT. They have the Lightning on uh, Saturday, uh, the Hurricanes on Sunday, then the Lightning on the 6th, uh, the Flyers on the 8th, and then the Capitals uh, on the 10th. Uh, oh no, and they have their, they close out against the Canadians on the twelfth. Okay, so their schedule 
is not an easy one. It's definitely not. The Capitals are going to play them hard. Uh, the Lightning are fighting for home ice, so you know they're going to come out flying. Carolina's fighting to, to save their division. You got the Lightning again fighting for home ice. Flyers who just don't care. They're just going out there and they can play spoiler. They don't have to worry about anything. Just making sure that their head coach doesn't yell at them a ton and bag skate. So <laughs> I guess that's a good reason to show up and play. Um, and then the Capitals again, another team that's out of it, but they can play spoiler and they have some talent. So, you know, that that's not a guaranteed win. The only team that you're going to look at and say, hey, you know what? There's two teams, I guess, the Flyers and the Canadiens. But the, the Canadiens aren't even much of a guarantee anymore either because they've played much better over the last couple of months or so. So I, I can't sit there and, and, and tell you that the Islanders have this wrapped up, but you know, and that and that schedule is not exactly easy. So you got four games coming up or three games coming up against two of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. That those are going to be three really really important games. Well, one thing that's a positive, and uh, I, we wish we had Anthony here to break all this down, but one thing that's definitely positive, Phil. There's only one pair of back-to-backs in those games. So, Ilya Sorokin, you're getting the net. Yeah, um, and, I mean, they're so they're on the road for one, two, three. They're on the road for four of those seven games. So yes. It's, a, it's and, a fairly even split. And I do have to say, uh, when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are 5-5 five and five in their last 10, how are they going to treat that game? You were saying they're fighting for home ice. That is true. But they are also five points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Toronto has and two games Toronto, in hand, yes. Toronto's got two games in hand. We're going to talk more about the Tampa Bay Lightning in a moment. But So we have that. Now, six points up on the Florida Panthers. I don't think the Florida Panthers are catching them. The no. Florida Panthers had their shot, and all their momentum is zapped, and it's gone. I don't know if they can get it back, no matter how good Matthew Kachuk plays, and he's been playing phenomenal. But you look at Tampa, maybe you don't get Tampa's best shot one of those games, and maybe you get an upset against Carolina or at least scare them enough where you say, hey, we'll see you guys in the first round. This is going to be an interesting week for the for the New York Islanders. I think they need four wins that wraps it up. Four wins puts them at 93 points, and – uh, I think that does it. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins would have to go uh, six and one in their last. Uh, wait, oh, I got the numbers. Yeah, right. so they 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 uh, Pittsburgh has eight games left. They can earn a max of sixteen points, which would get them to ninety eight. Ninety eight. They're not going unbeaten. Let's just go out. No, on they're a not going that unbeaten. One. Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll pull up Pittsburgh's schedule for you just so take a look at that because that one's probably going to be interesting considering the way that they're playing but um and phil by the way if you could figure out the pittsburgh penguins right now a team that can lose to the detroit red wings and the ottawa senators but then go to colorado and beat the defending stanley cup champions who are on an absolute tear right now you please help me figure that one out because i can't I don't know. They're 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 such an inconsistent team. It's amazing. And and you know what's funny is that uh, the Bruins lost. The Bruins are seven uh, seven and six three and one. Sorry, in their last ten games, and the uh, 
one of those losses was actually last night to Nashville. They lost 2-1. And now Pittsburgh has Nashville tomorrow night at 7. Um, they have the Bruins on Saturday at 3 p.m. on ABC. And then they have the Flyers, and the Flyers are always going to go out there and give them hell. The next day, they have the Flyers on a back-to-back. Um, those three games are all at home, but then they go on the fourth to face the Devils. Um, they they uh, come back home for the Wild on April 6th. Uh, they have the Red Wings, who just spanked them on the 8th in Detroit. And then they have Chicago. At home, and Chicago is funny because Chicago is a team that beat Boston recently. Correct. And then we have the Blue Jackets uh, to close out the season on the 13th. So and, their schedule's up and down. And Phil, you have to laugh about it because only one team ranked 25 to 32 has a winning record in their last 10 games. Guess what team that is? What, what, say that again. I'm sorry. Only one team in the last 10 games. Ranked 25 to 32 overall, has a winning record in the last 10 games. Guess who that is? 25 to 32. I want to take a look and see because I'm going to make a guess of that. It's it's actually a lot more obvious than he thinks. Um, Arizona. Philadelphia Flyers, 5-4-1 and one in their last 10. Arizona Ooh, okay. is just outside of that, unfortunately. Arizona Arizona was 4-3-3. Three, three. So, uh, which is good news for Arizona. They didn't they didn't get that hot. Oh, wait, sorry. Well, technically, you know what? Technically, Phil is right. 4-3-3, three, and three, that's over 500. Is, yeah, it's still over it. So, two of them. So, my mistake. Uh, we could put up the graphic again in a moment. But <laughs> again, this is definitely a good thing. I love the fact that we have that graphic. Yeah, it's a, oh, Mark messed up. I love I'm trying to find Homer Simpson. Side of the dough, here, but... which is perfect. Yes. So that's where we got on that. Again, um, there's going to be uh, another time. There's going to be another time, by the way, very soon. Anthony wants to tell the story about Hudson Fashing, who has gone from. Uh, just uh, NHL, just like uh, I, I don't want to use the term also ran. I mean, what would you say for a guy that was just basically nothing and now seven goals, eight assists, and he's playing, he's playing a very inspiring story. You got to hear it. So, we're going to get more on that soon enough. But Phil and I have the NHL power rankings to go through for Big Apple Hockey. This will be our last one for the season. Phil, you know what's sad about that clip? I get to remember when Star Trek and Star Wars were good. So, (laughs) uh, those those were the days. Everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Power Rankings, where we're going to be naming our top five uh, teams in the league, each one of us. Phil will be doing his five today. And uh, I do have Anthony's ready to what we're going to do for some comparisons. Phil, I got to say, this might be the toughest top five we've had all season. 
Yeah, and I mean, I try not to just go on overall record. I try to go right now as of this moment for mine. So um, that's my caveat with mine. So if anyone takes a look at mine and say, why does mine look weird? Why does folks look weird? You know, well, I mean, that's kind of why I'm not just going off of overall records. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into mine. Uh, at, at number five, I put the LA Kings um, seven, one, and two in their last 10. Uh, they are playing some great, great hockey right now. Uh, they've pounded teams like the Islanders. Um, they, they've played some real good hockey as of late. Kevin Fiala is about a point per game. Ante Kopitar is just playing great two-way hockey. The offense isn't as weird as it's been, like maybe say 2018, where he scored 90 points and won the Selkie, became fifth player in NHL history to do that. But uh, he's still playing great. Um, they're getting good goaltending from unlikely sources. Yes, Phoenix Copley is winning them games somehow. I, I, don't, I still don't understand that. But uh, the addition of Vladislav Gavrikov on defense has just been uh, massive for them. Uh, I, I, I just like the way that they're playing right now, even though I hate the Kings for 2014. Screw you, Dwight King. Screw you. Uh, I agree with you on that 100%. Yeah, but the, the LA Kings are playing real good hockey right now. So, yes, it, it's they're, they're in my top five. I have them at five. At four, I have the Edmonton Oilers. And I know people are going to say, oh, you're a big McDavid fan, blah, blah, blah. Eight, one, and one in their last 10. Eight, one, and one. And Matthias Ekholm has made all of the difference with this team. Connor McDavid is on his way to scoring 150 points. And here's a little tidbit. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is actually four points away from 100. Four points That's away. That's unbelievable to think of. Think of it. Never, I never would have thought Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be close to 100 points this season. That would make the Edmonton Oilers the first team with three 100-point scores since the 1995-96 Pittsburgh Penguins, who have had Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager, who we talked about, who combined for over 310 points exactly. Actually, it was 310 exactly. And then Ron Francis, who I believe had 120 points that year, or it was 119 or something like that. But um, they had three 100-point scores, and Peter Nedved, who scored 99 points for his career year in 96. So, uh, yeah, this Edmonton Oilers uh, team is a juggernaut. They're trying to break the NHL's power play percentage record for a single season, and they look like they're going to do it because this power play just scores at will. Um, they're getting capable goaltending from Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. Um, Evander Kane, has, since he's come back, has been putting up the offensive numbers that they need. Zach Hyman's having a career year. They have good depth with guys like Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogle, and so on. And the, the defense is, like I said, it's much improved. But Matthias Eckholm may be the biggest trade deadline acquisition in terms of pure impact across the board because he's done everything for them defensively and he's chipped in offensively as well. So, Hey, Phil, just to jump in real quick, uh, Evander Kane scored his 300th career goal last night. And Leon Dreisaitl scored his 300th career goal. And Connor McDavid is one goal away from 300 in his career. And also, continuing what you said, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, previous career high, 69 points. He is shattering that already. Like, he's going to get the triple digits. That's unbelievable. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Ed Edmonton, for me, that they're my number four. 
I have a few. I have three pretty good teams ahead of them right now, though. At number three, I put the New York Rangers. Eight, one, and one in their last 10. Um, plus 53 goal differential, second in the NHL behind Boston. They've absolutely smacked around teams. Uh, it looks like they're scoring about five, six goals a game as of recent. The top six is just dominant. Uh, the, the kid line is back. The defense is going to get better with Ryan Lindgren and uh, Nico Mikola. Reminds me of Marek Malik, but better. And I say that because he's being asked to play well above his station, and he's doing a really good job of it. Um, for a guy that played 16, maybe 17 minutes a night before this, he's actually playing well in that role, playing 20-plus minutes with Adam Fox. And he looks good moving the puck, too, which is unexpected. I never expected him to be able to move the puck as well as he's moved. And I've watched a lot of him in St. Louis. And that's why I was excited when they got him in that deal. So he's exceeded my expectations. Igor Shesterkin, do we really need to say more? He's back. He is back. If the Scorpion save from the other game didn't tell you that he was back, he's back. But he, he he's back to posting what he was doing last year when he won the Vezina Trophy, when he was posting almost video game, Hashik 97, 98, like numbers. This team is a wagon right now. Watch out. Um, number two, I went with the Colorado Avalanche. And Colorado is the only team in their last 10 that has more wins than the Rangers. They are 9-1-0 in their last 10. They're back. And this is without Andre Burakovsky, without Nazem Kadri, but they're getting they're getting big time goal production from Miko Rantanen, who's looking to, to hit 50. Nathan McKinnon might even score 100 points despite missing a large chunk of games, which would be his first 100 point season in his career. Just think about it: if Nathan McKinnon didn't miss the amount of games that he's missed, you might have to put him in the heart consideration. He's at 95 points right now. 95 in only 62 games. 62 games. You know what that reminds me of? Peter Forsberg in the late 90s. Oh, let me miss 20 games but still score 90-something points. Yeah, because Nathan McKinnon is that damn good. And they've got a good supporting cast. They've got the depth. Alexander Georgiev is putting up respectable numbers. Who would have thought? Um, and, and now this team looks to be like they have just been saving it up and now they're just getting hot at the right time. It's, it's almost like the 2000 Yankees. Let me just dog through and then I'm just going to hit that switch and we're just going to shoot straight up from there. And then number one, you know who it is. It's a layup. Yes. Core. There's your graphic buddy. There's your layup graphic. But, um, yeah, it's the Boston Bruins. I mean, and I know that they've lost a few games recently, but they're still the best team in the league. They're still getting it done. Even without Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi is now starting to acclimate himself, and they're just a wagon. Linus Olmark doesn't seem to be losing a step. Everything is just still firing on all cylinders with that team. David Pasternak is two points away from his first 100-point season of his career. He's going to likely do it. Um, he's already got 52 goals the first time in his career. The guy's an absolute stud. They have everything that you can ask for. So 
number one, the Bruins. Mark, you take it away. I, I got to say, first, before we get off the Bruins, uh, it's amazing because Anthony and I, during the summer, when we're filling in the dead time for the some of those games. This uh, yep. 931 save percentage. That's right, Core. That's a good one. We're going to have the finger-pointing graphic coming back. Um, but the uh, just the Boston Bruins looked like they could have been in for a disaster season. Uh, head coach getting his second shot at the league. Uh, a, a bunch of UFAs on this team. I believe they have nine. And a lot of money tied up in their defense. And instead, they're going for it. And they are getting contributions from – Everyone and they're gonna end up they're gonna end up being the toughest out in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But that being said, I got one statistic I want to remind everybody. Linus Allmark is tied in wins in the playoffs with Filk and me, and neither one of us play in the NHL. It's very hard to get 16 wins, especially when you were the goalie at the beginning of the day. I I of opening day, I mean. I don't think I don't think there's really been a goaltender in memory that's done it. There's plenty of Ken Dryden's, Matt Murray's, Cam Ward's that have come out of nowhere, but for a goalie to start the season and really try to ramp it up and be a 60 game goaltender, there hasn't been many. But Filk, uh, to win the cup, that is. Uh, this is all of us in our consensus. Uh, I'm going to go to mine in a second. Anthony, he had the Rangers at four. He had the Golden Knights up there a little bit higher than I did. And he also had the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild are playing great hockey right now. Just, I mean, Phil, there's a lot of there's a lot of good names that are on there. I put the Rangers at two just because they are really hot. But, I mean, it could easily have put the Colorado Avalanche second. Nine and one in their last ten. And uh, they got shocked by Pittsburgh in that game. I watched that game on TNT. Great game. And uh, I still can't believe it. Georgiev has been a steady influence. I mean, I, th- I thought he was going to fall off his goals again still isn't great but his save percentage is so who cares about that you could say goals against you could say more of a team stat but uh i i had the minnesota wild because minnesota wild uh there are very few times where i'm gonna just look past the division leader and not say that they're good uh but you got a team like the only team that's really on cruise control in, in our top five i think in all of us is the boston bruins boston bruins are on cruise control you get other teams that are in cruise control, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. That that kind of is what takes them out of this. I'm not saying they're not a top ten team, everybody. I'm just saying that's what makes them not that top five because they're not playing as well. The Rangers could have easily done what what uh, Toronto's right now doing, go five and five, and then or actually Toronto's case, I think uh, Tampa Bay was five and five. Toronto was. Uh, riveting television right here, six three and one. That's still still not bad. They're gonna have to work Ryan Ryan O'Reilly back in the in the lineup. But I think this is a solid lineup, Phil. I think this is the toughest top five. I think we've had to do. Yeah, it was it was tough for me because I wanted to put Vegas in there. Um, I'm not as high on Minnesota. I know a lot of people are you know going to point to Minnesota and play. Hey, Minnesota seven one and two in the last ten. Yeah, they're they're playing great. And they have the division lead right now, and I get that. But 
I mean, that team just for some reason does not scare me. They don't. Um, uh, and and understandably so. The other way around kind of worked with the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, they're playing great in their last 10. But you kind of – I looked at their schedule. They had a couple bad losses that I wanted to – that recently happened. I mean, uh, well, they lost to Vegas in overtime. I'm thinking about how they almost lost to San Jose last week. Yeah. Yeah, that's really it. <laughs> they're, they're firing. And you got Connor McDavid is right now. They just kicked the crap out of Vegas last night. They yes. absolutely – and I, I tell you, I watched that game. They kicked the crap out of them. And Vegas, they got a lead on Vegas, and Vegas looked like they wanted to get try to get back into it. And then Nugent Hopkins and and Dreisaitl and McDavid literally just took them by the throat and said, "We're stomping you out," and that's it. And that's the game. And it's amazing. It's 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 and they just Vegas, by the way, a little bit sloppy, a lot of turnovers. Uh, but Nugent Hopkins, I mean, he's about to have his first hundred point season in what? Year 12? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hey, everybody, uh, the Rangers should get rid of Kaka and Lafreniere right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get there with a Dave player. Asks, how old are Crosby and Malkin? Crosby is 35 and Malkin is 36 or 37. So they're they're getting up there, bud. Yeah, they're up there. Uh, and the difference is Sidney Crosby isn't showing the signs of age of Genny Malkin is. Yes. So that's something yeah. just to keep in mind on that one. Also, oh, yeah. not only signs of age, sometimes Evgeny Malkin looks like he's just done in Pittsburgh. He just doesn't want to be there anymore. But that's also Evgeny Malkin. That's something that's been rumored for a while, too. And it's funny because the Evgeny Malkin that is done, quote unquote, done in Pittsburgh still has 77 points in 74 games. So he's, Correct. he's still just a tremendous player. And, and you know what? I've been predicting they were going to trade Evgeny Malkin since 2015. And he's only won two Stanley Cups and played a thousand games for them. So, all right, let's go do some bar talk, everybody. Shot. This is the easiest I've ever to answer. I'm going to say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Well, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? Eh, so, so, I'll have a beer. Oh, I'll take a shot, please. All right. Play along down in the comments below, everybody. And don't forget, uh, try the service out. Go to, why go to the liquor store when you can have Drizzly bring it to you? Great for parties. Great for any time. You just don't feel like going out to 7-Eleven or anything. So click the link in the description below and start an account. And again, Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are coming back. I'll get more on that in a little bit. Phil, usually I like to do a lead-in before I, I do any topics, but I can't really do one right here. The Rain, New York Rangers coach, Gerard Glant, needs to become more consistent in his lineups. Um, I'm going to say beer just because I, I feel like he's let the top six kind of stay and the top six looks like it's, it's firing on all cylinders right now. Um, so I, I'll, I'll give that to him. It looks like for a bit, he was trying to experiment to see what lineup worked. And now, um, I, I think he's found it. I really do think he's found, um, 
the the working combinations with the top six. The bottom six, you, you shouldn't touch a thing. The kids, the kids, or the young bucks, as I, I like to call them, because I'm a huge AEW fan, a huge young bucks fan. Um, yes, the young bucks line need to stay together, and then the fourth line is one of the better fourth lines in hockey right now. So. Just keep those lines together. The defense will obviously go back to the normal pairings when Ryan Lindgren gets back and he's healthy. But um, Nico Mikola has been pretty solid in his role. I've been vocal that he needs to be more consistent. I've been talking about this for a while. He switched things up after the uh, the Florida game where their power play was doing good, and then suddenly everything got switched. You made a joke on your Twitter, Philk, about uh, I would love to see this line from the Rangers. I said, wait 20 minutes, Turk will make it happen, and then yeah. 20 minutes, he'll change it back. But uh, I'm going to go beer, too. It's 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 funny, Philk. I talk about consistency and the importance of consistency. I talk about how you need a nice, calm, steady hand on everything in the lineup. When the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup, Mike Keenan was far from consistent and far from a steady hand. Mike Keenan, if he didn't like what he was seeing, he would just put Alexei Kovalev on the top line with Graves and Messier and let them run, which is what he did in game, game six, uh, against six the, yeah. the, the famous guarantee game. And what happened? Kovalev a goal and two assists. As soon as that line was put together, they started dominating the Devils. That was the that was the move that turned that game around. And by the way, in that game, uh, Kovalev was in the four on four situation, not Graves, which it's that's a little bit of a shock when you sit down a fifty goal scorer for uh, a young kid. It's not a right? shock when you can see what he could do at four on four. And Keenan Keenan pushed the right button there. Yeah. And look, there's a lot of things I, I make I, I rip my Keenan about. That was where it's right. Yeah. If Gerard Gallant can challenge that, that's fine. I do think you need more consistency. I wish that's not the case, but that's what they got to do. All right. Philk, you look at the wild card teams right now. The New York Islanders, 85 points. Seattle Kraken, 88 points. And the Winnipeg Jets, 85. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, 82 points. The New York Islanders are the most dangerous wild card team in the playoffs. Get the gif out. <laughs> Get the gif out. Lay up. Yes. Get the gif out. Yeah. It, okay. It, it, Why? It, it, Why? Because they actually have goaltending, unlike the other three teams. The way, I, I, I'm sorry. And, and you know what? I, I, no offense to Winnipeg because Connor Hellebuck is a, a former Vezina winner, but that was five. That was 2018 that he's won. And he hasn't been the same goaltender since. He's been good, very good, but he hasn't been close to that Vezina caliber since. And the, he, he's up there in name. Uh, Sorokin is the best goaltender by far of any of these teams. They played the, the, the toughest style of hockey to play against the playoffs. Pittsburgh is extremely inconsistent. Winnipeg is doing everything that he can to miss the playoffs. And because of the incompetence of the team, they're still in a playoff spot. Good job, Calgary. All three of us picked you to make the Stanley Cup finals. And you've done nothing but shoot yourself in the foot until recently. You guys trying to get Daryl Sutter fired? Because if so, great job. Keep up the good work. He'll be gone in July. But, you know, the, the Penguins are... Are, uh, they're just up and down, up and down. They're a roller coaster. They're the NHL's version 
of King Dakot's Six Flags. They're just <laughs> down, and it's just it's a speeding freight train at like 200 miles an hour. So your eyelids are stuck to the back of you like this. You're like, whoa, like I can't freaking see anything. Your eyes are in the back of your damn head. So it's just, it's, I can't even believe, you know, that I'm even being asked that question in a way. <laughs> like, the Islanders are the only team that have played consistent hockey. I mean, Seattle, I guess, yes. But again, how long until Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer just end up, the, the bottom just comes out in the playoffs for them? Because you cannot win with goaltenders posting about three GAAs with sub-900 save percentages. It's not going to work in the playoffs. It's just not. I'm sorry. And uh, let me just correct one thing. Filk is partially right. All three of us predicted Calgary to make the Stanley Cup Finals. We also, all three of us, predicted Calgary to win the Stanley Cup. I think I changed mine and went with the Rangers because I wanted to be a homer. <laughs> I'd have to go back and watch it, but I think I might have picked the Rangers to win it all. Yeah, that's that's that that could have happened because I, I am going to buy around on this. I am deathly afraid of a Rangers-Islanders playoff series because I'm a bartender. I just don't want to have to break up fights every five seconds. So let's never worry about that. But um, as far as like the actual play of the team, Yana's got Ilya Sorokin and they look like they've hit a different gear minus Matt Barzell, even though they lost a very hapless two nothing game to the Buffalo Sabres this week. I would still say the Islanders are, are a damn good team and I would not want to play them in the first round, even if um the Boston Bruins who uh, I know their goalie won a playoff series. My goalie hasn't. So I'll keep going back to that Bruins fans because that's the chink in the armor. And he's going to win the Vesna this year, Phil. And I'm still saying that's the chink in the armor. So yeah. uh, let's move on from there. Phil, the Tampa Bay Lightning, five and five in their last 10 games. And they were even below 500 before that. Tampa Bay Lightning do not care until the playoffs begin. I'm going to buy a round on this actually. And um, I was torn between beer and buy a round just because I think that they do want home ice, but I don't think they care that much if they don't get it. I really don't. And the reason is the big cat number 88 in that net. He is the man that you do not want to see on the other side when you're in the playoffs. That is a guy that can absolutely dominate you at a moment's notice. Um, I think the Rangers, if they come across Tampa again, should shut the hell up and not chant Igor's better at Andre Vasilevsky because all that did was serve to piss him off. And that turned that series around when he got pissed. So yeah, that team, that team got motivated by it. And that goaltender especially got motivated by it. So yes. Um, if anything, I will say that Tampa probably doesn't care all that much. I think they would like home ice, but I just I don't see them being that disappointed if they if they're number three against Toronto because I still think they're probably going to beat Toronto. Hey Philk, I'm breaking out the layup button on this one. Here you go. Uh, so we're trying not to overuse this, but it's definitely the layup on this one. Tampa Bay Lightning, they've done it anytime, anywhere. Sorry, Philadelphia Flyers. I'm using your old hashtag right now, but it's uh, the, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
They know exactly what to do in the playoffs. They also know that they're getting the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've seen that movie. I'm, 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 I think the Maple Leafs arguably were better last year. Now they got to integrate back Ryan O'Reilly into the lineup. Uh, granted, John Tavares is having a great season um, or good season, a matter of fact. And uh, William Nylander is having a very under the radar great season. But uh, there's Mitch Marr trying to head your points. Yeah, they're. I mean, uh, I, I just, I, I, they're another team I look at and I go. Uh, Tampa Bay just wants to get things figured out. I would not be surprised if Tampa Bay goes in there and gets their doors blown off in Game One like they did last year. But they're going to win Game Two. That's what that's what Tampa Bay Lightning does. They will. They, that's that. That's what they do. So, I mean, not that I'm already positioning them to, to be playing against the uh, the Boston Bruins because that's a long way to go for a lot of things. Phil, the Ottawa Senators this season. 36, 33, and four. Obviously, they just acquired Jacob Chikrin. They're a growing team. Uh, Sanderson's going to be more of a, an impact player, I believe, next year with them. The Ottawa Senators are the most dangerous non-playoff Atlantic Division team in next year. Uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty easy one. I'm going to have to bust out the layup on this one. <laughs> Here, you could do it. Go ahead. It's, uh, I, you could do it, but I'm. Um, All right, I'm right there on it. I got it. Yeah, because you're right there. But I mean, the makeup of this team just indicates just going forward that they're going to be a really good team. Alex DeBrinket has 24 goals and 60 points in 74 games for this Ottawa team. But I mean, and he was the big acquisition in, in the the offseason. Tim Stutzla. The Rangers are probably kicking themselves at that one right now. And we're hoping that Alexi Lafreniere stops us from doing that going forward. But Tim Stutzler, 36 goals and 82 points in 70 games. That's just ridiculous. Brady Kachuk, 74, point, uh, 74 games, 77 points, including 34 goals. Claude Giroux has turned back time a little bit and is just under a point per game. Dabrinkit's having a down year, and they're still, they still look like they're going to be a really good year going for a uh, really good team going forward. Drake Batherson might score 60 points. Thomas Shabbat. He's missed some games, but he could get back to a 50-point defenseman. And for me, I, I got I to gotta hand it to uh, Franklin Square's Shane Pinto. That's the guy that I would look out for next season. I think he's going to have a big breakout year, a big breakout year. I think he's going to be somewhere in the 50-60 point range, Shane Pinto. I think he's that good. Ottawa refused to trade him in the Chikrin deal and, and a lot of other deals, including the Debrinket deal as well. They've been high on him for a while. They're waiting for him to become a solid center. I think he's going to be a real good two-way guy for them going forward, Shane Pinto, and I think next year it could be as early as we see it. So, um, yeah, they're a dangerous team, and especially if they're getting Jacob Chikrin, and they didn't give up a ton to get him either. So uh, I no. think Ottawa next year is going to be better. And I can't help but believe uh, that uh, the I, I'm losing my 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 marbles in my mouth just trying to think about this. But I can't believe that that was the package the Arizona Coyotes held out for. Are you kidding me? Like I mean, Armstrong is really going to have to hear about it for that one. But he's done a great job with the, almost everything else with the Coyotes right now. Phil, I'm I'm going to go beer because I don't like their net. I don't like their defense. That's what's going to hold them back. Uh, their forward group is real good. Now, the other question is, I mean, it, Anton Forsberg, is he, a, is he a, a goalie, an NHL goalie? I think he answered that this year. He's, he's not. 
on an NHL goalie, I mean, a, a number one, I should say. Uh, Cam Talbot, every year he gets older, but Ranger fans still think he's it's still 2015 when it comes to Cam Talbot when they talk about him. But the Ottawa centers are going to have to figure that one out. But if they can add one more quality defenseman in the offseason, they could be pretty good. I look at the Buffalo Sabres. They're going to make an impact. They're going to move on up. They got the best player out of the non-playoff Atlantic teams. Uh, depending on how this ends up, the Florida Panthers could end up doing something. But I still think they got to move Sergey Bobrovsky and free up some cap space because they're going to be a cap hell very soon. And yeah. goodness only knows what Steve Eiserman has up his sleeve. So yeah, you never, you never can sleep on Steve Eiserman then. No, never. no, you cannot. And uh, by the way, word is we're going to be getting some reinfor- reinforcements soon uh, because Anthony says he might be able to get on very shortly. Okay. All right. Hey, speaking about Buffalo Sabres players or former Buffalo Sabres players in this case, do you know how many playoff games Jack Eichel's played? As many as you and I. I know. I love saying that all the time. Uh, but Jack Eichel has never played a playoff game, and Vegas is on the verge of clinching. I'm, I don't know if it can happen tonight without them playing, but I do think they're that close. Jack Eichel this year, 27 goals, 32 assists, 59 points. He's not exactly setting the world on fire, but this all is in 61 games, uh, Philk. So, but Jack Eichel is going to be a productive player in the playoffs. I'll start this one. I'm buying around. round. Look out for him because you're going to tell me he's going to get his first taste of playoff hockey and it's going to be against a team like the Seattle Kraken, potentially, or maybe even the Winnipeg Jets, who are flopping like a fish out of water, trying to get everybody else in there. I, I, I think Eichel's going to feast on them. And who knows? Maybe they get Mark Stone back because he'll mysteriously get well. But by the way, I, there's that's not in the reports. I'm just saying that because of the LTIR stuff in the last few years. Mm. Hook, go to you. I was torn between beer and round for this because I, I, I do think that there's going to be some level of success for Eichel. I, I, I do think that, especially the way that you put it, when you're going to be facing an inferior team in the first round, I, I think Eichel can feast on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with beer though, just because I think that he's gonna have some struggles. I think. I think they're gonna. I think he's gonna. It just he's not used to having played playoff type games in a while. I think he's kind of acclimating himself to that right now. But I think the actual games are a different story, and I, I think there might be some sort of struggle. While well, I think he's gonna put up points, uh, I mean, by when I look at the word productive, I think maybe, especially for like productive in context to Jack Eichel in relation to Jack Eichel, I should say, um, I think of like a point per game or so. Uh, I think he might be just under that, like the way that he's pacing right now. So I'm going to say beer. And I mean, Vegas, they are looking. They, 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 they get back though. Oh, man. Ooh. Yeah, they get stoned back. I mean, but then again, you don't want to hear about back problems with anybody. Take it from a guy with back problems. You lose your back. Your your career falls off a cliff. And if you don't believe me, everybody, ask two baseball players. 
Edgardo Alfonso and Don Mattingly. I was just going to say Don Mattingly. Yeah. I'm in your head. I'm in your head. That's what I do. Yeah. Okay. Speak. Uh, Phil, last week we talked about Carter Verhage and how well he's doing uh, in the NHL this season, that he's a budding star. Well, we're going to ask the same question about another player at a moment. Matt Boldy, this season, 28 goals, 29 assists, 57 points. He's a plus three. I always throw that in there just to give a little bit of uh, uh, context with that. But Matt Boldy is becoming a star. Yeah, um, this is in, uh, another layup, Mark, just a, a layup. He's got 96 career points in 121 career games. He had 39 points in 47 games last year. He, his pacing is around the same, um, maybe a little lower this year, just because of, you know he's getting adjusting to a full year's NHL schedule. But he's got 28 goals, 28 goals in 74 games. And it's funny because, you know, everybody – I even said – you know, Kevin Fiala, and it's funny, they're talking about him on NHL Network, and I saw this before we started. So I, I was just, I was laughing because I was like, oh, he, you know, they're talking about Boldy, and Boldy's one of our topics. But um, Boldy is a real good player. He, I remember watching him with the the, the, uh, the World Junior Team for the U.S., and that team was filled with stars between Hughes, Boldy, um Caulfield. and, Caulfields and uh, and a bunch of others that were all on that team. But uh, Boldy is just a tremendous player. He's already breaking out. He probably could finish the season with 30 goals and 60 points. And it really helps offset the loss of, um, of Kevin, Fiala. Uh, Kevin Fiala. But 11 goals, four assists. And three multi-goal games shooting at over 32% since Kirill Kaprizov's injury. Think about those stats. That's nuts. Yep. The, the guy that's picking them up right now. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think the Rangers should offer sheet Boldy. <laughs> yeah. We would all love to have someone like that. Yeah. Not happening. Not happening. Yeah, that's not – I would love it to happen. That's not going to happen, unfortunately. No. no uh, I – I don't want to wear out the layup button this week, but the, the shot button hasn't been getting many. Don't worry. There's still other topics we have, but uh, I'm buying around on this one. This was Anthony's topic that he he threw in there, and I would have loved to have uh, had him contribute on this. But, man, hold, hold, it's – Hold on, hold on. I think we have breaking news, my friend. Oh, what we got? Um, Philip Heedle extension. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, Philip Heedle extension. Uh, we're looking at four years, 4.4375 with, and with the New York Rangers. Wow. All right. Uh, let me get this all a graphic done. We're going to actually take a break from bar talk. Everybody talk about this. We're going to have Anthony LaRocco joining us in a minute. But this is breaking news. Wow. The news breaks as we're uh, um, doing this. So, Philip Heedle is extended. Yeah, that that's that's huge. So, what was it again? Four years? Four, four years. Um, 4.4375 million. Um, I'm going to Twitter right now to go to the Rangers Twitter feed or uh, to see if I can 
Four point four three seven five. That's an oddly specific number. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. So, Phil, first things first. What do you have to say about this extension? Um, you kept Filipino at under five million a, a year for four more years. Just wow. Yeah, and I'm looking at the article right now on the Rangers website. Uh, just oh my god, four year contract extension through the 2026 27 season. Just, um, I, I've got to find the I'm gonna try to see where, um, Friedman, I'm uh, gonna find Elliot Friedman's uh tweet because usually he's like got all the, the numbers and everything like that just to confirm it. Yes, Elliot Friedman confirming four years, four point. Four three seven five, um, yeah. This is awesome. This is a huge extension for the Rangers. You just locked up your third line center. Um, if they decide that they want to move Vinny Trocheck and somehow make him the second line center, which I don't think that they're going to do, I think that they're pretty content with the depth that they have. Um, something tells me that Barkley Goodrow is probably gone after this season, and you know, understandable. You just can't have a fourth line center making almost 4 million a year, but um, yeah, th this is, this is a big, big move. Uh, the kid has over 20 goals and 40 points already, and he's missed some time. He's paced out at about like a 50 point pace. Yeah. This is a key player to, to lock up. Anthony, what are your thoughts on the Filipino extension? Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I knew they were definitely going to sign him. I, I had said that, if you remember, I thought he was going to get $5 million, so he came in under. Mm -hmm. uh, so good a good on Drury for that. Um, but, you know, a good player. I think it's fair for, for both sides. Um, I mean, maybe if Hedl takes, you know, even a little bit of a next step next season and raises his game, then, you know, maybe he could be a little underpaid. But overall, I, I think uh, I think the deal um, is is fair for, for both sides. Um, Look at this. Look at this. Then, I would like a public apology from, I assume that's me, Phil. I'm just a <laughs> guy. But, uh, and, and Anthony, who both said over $5 million per year. Uh, all three yeah, of us said. I don't know. I never, I never said five and a half. I was pretty, I pretty much said five. No, no, no. He said now. over five. He didn't say five and a half. He says over five there. Just over five. That's all it qualifies. So he's not saying five and a half. But yeah, no, I, no, I, thought... I know that. I'm saying I think he's implying that we said he was going to make. Oh, he was going to make over five million. I said he was going to get five million. So, uh, um, but I, I said he could make. It like, could be about five. Yeah, I said it's, about five. It's, I think. He's saying he's he's continuing to say we both said over five. I'm not going to sit here and, and drag it out. I don't I don't remember that. I pretty much think I thought I said about five million, but. Uh, it is what it is. It's a good. It's a good deal for both sides. Like I said, maybe if he raises his game a little bit more, uh, maybe he might even be a little bit underpaid. But I like the deal. Um, he's a good player. Um, I actually, before I jumped on, I went on the cap friendly. I checked it out. Um, so going forward, they're going to have twelve point three million um, available after Heedle's signing. So puts him in good shape to give you know Miller around four, Laugh probably around three. So. Um, yeah, if they can move Goudreau, that would help the Rangers out a lot. Um, and then the cap right now, might I go up even more if the, uh, the players can 
come to a little um, yeah. agreement with Bettman, as he implied a couple of weeks ago. And I'm glad Anthony brought all that up because I think what this does, two things. I've said this before when uh, during some trade deadline talks or stuff like that, people are saying, well, we got to worry about Hedl. We got to worry about you paying him. Hedl was the one that had arbitration eligible. Miller does not. A Lafreniere does not. So the hammer was in Hedl's court. And this is the contract the Rangers got for him. Damn, Chris Drury might might be winding himself up for the GM of the year right now between some of the moves that he's made. Yeah. Is it is it the greatest moves? Of course not. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say uh, he's the greatest right now. Let's please win a Stanley Cup and then I'll say you're the greatest. Osaka had the same thing, but I, that's that's a I great wonder move. If Miller, uh, I wonder if Miller gets the the no adoption contract, the four four million. On a on a bridge, um, could, I think that's a fair one. A, it could be comparable, but a lot of this, a lot of this cap money is all going off because they had the penalties because they had to buy out every contract. For all I wonder if I think that, you know what I really wonder with Miller. I wonder if the Rangers try to bridge him because he's been real up and down this season. And I got to agree with this comment here from Core. He's been pricing himself down lately with the defensive mm-hmm. play. Like he's one point away from 40, which is great. But um, he's his defensive play has just these last couple of months really has not been great. And I, I, I think the Rangers might want to take a look at this and say, hey, you know what? You're still trying to figure out what type of player you are. And I, we don't know if we want to give you that type of money if you're still trying to figure out whether you want to play offensively or defensively on defense, because he can't seem to, to balance them both lately, you know, and that's really what it's going to come down to is when he could find that balance of being that good puck mover, but also not running out of his position. And yeah, I don't, th- I don't think he's ready to take the reins yet either. Phil, I think he's still a work in progress. We've mentioned how he switched from four uh, from forward to defense I think as late as like when he was 17 and because uh, I know in uh, in Wisconsin, that's when he was really a newbie to defense. Uh, but it's it's one of those things. He's still learning the position and it's still going to take some time and you're going to have ups and downs. Sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he looks like a turnstile. It's it's just what's going to happen. I, for one, I, I'd be confident to bridge him. I'd, I'd bridge him about three or four years. I, they'd be fine. And then, because Adam Fox winning the Norris is the reason why he didn't get bridged. That you couldn't. Everybody else was getting their money, too. Well, so, yeah, no, of course. And he, you, you had to give the Norris winner that type of money, especially at the season he had. And, I mean, he had another – he's having another really good year this year. I don't think he's going to win the Norris just because I think that – the, the media is so wrapped up with the Canadian bias between Morrissey and then points with Carlson, even though Roman Yossi put up 96 points last year, was better defensively than Carlson could ever be and still didn't win it. So mm-hmm. I don't think Eric Carlson should win it. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, listen, even if Carlson scores 100, I don't think he should win it. There's precedent. Al McGinnis didn't win it in 91 when he scored 100 points. Ray Bork won it. So, um, if anything, I, I, I do believe Fox should win it, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they're going to end up giving it to Morrissey, I think. Well, we're going to go back to the show. But once again, I got to say that this is a great deal and a great day for the New York Rangers. You're locking up Philip fairly cheap. I don't think they're going to have to break the bank on Miller and Lafreniere because there's just not as much to the resume. So I don't think, and they can't, and they don't have negotiating power. They're, you're not going to get somebody to go offer sheet Keandre Miller $8 million. And I don't even know if they have the, those rights to begin with. I don't even think they do right now. I, so I think you would have to be arbitration eligible for that. And I, I don't think Miller is, and I don't think Lafreniere is either. I mean, Lafreniere has a career high 36 points this year, but that's only five from his career high last year. And he has four less goals last or this year than he did last year. It would also behoove both of them to sign the contract after the postseason and hopefully turn in a good postseason. Filipino now, he doesn't have to worry about the contract. He might go out and flourish even more so in this postseason. So uh, so we're going to move back. We're going to go back to Bar Talks, pivot again. Don't worry, there'll be a lot more discussion about this. But while we're at it, everybody, for anybody listening on audio, we're going to welcome in Mr. Anthony LaRocco officially. Yeah, sorry I top on a little bit late, but uh, a lot going on. Playoff chases galore. Um, you know, s- some cases really just down to seeding, but uh, we're down the stretch, fellas. It's going to be um, good, some great hockey to the rest of the way to the playoffs. Well, I'm glad that you're on because you got a great story to tell after we're done with Bar Talk. But let's continue that along. Uh, so, by the way, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, Matt Boldy, is he becoming a star right now? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's been filling the net lately, um, his last couple of games. Um, you know, he's he's really snubbing Kirill Kaprizov's absence. But even before he got hurt, Boldy's been one of Minnesota's best players. Um, you know, even last year when he broke in, uh, you kind of saw that the the skill that he had. Um, you know, I, I think this is a guy that, um, I mean, what is he around, like 60, 60 points right now or so? Uh, I, I think he could be a player that, you know, even transcends that, you know, 70. You know, we'll see as it goes down the line. But I really like him. He's got a lot of size. He's got a good shot. He's got great hands. Um, I think, you know, if if Marco Rossi could come up and finally develop too, um, that will be huge mm-hmm. for Minnesota going forward. Um, but I, I really I really like Matt Boldy. Um, you know, this this is a round for me. Uh, it's going to be amazing when Minnesota, it, hopefully when they are ready to get out from under those cap penalties, like they might have like some serious like cap leverage to use and they might go after like a lot of big name free agents. Then let's go to from one of the better teams in the NHL to one of the worst teams in the NHL tied for second worst in the NHL guys, David Quinn and the San Jose Sharks. Uh, second worst in the NHL, 55 points. They're one point above Columbus. Filk, San Jose's problems are fixed if they win the Connor Bedard lottery. Beer. Um, they have a lot of other things that they need to address. Um, they didn't get enough in the Timo Meyer trade. I'll, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I mean, when Fabian Zetterland is like basically the him and Shakir Mukmadulin are the core of the return of the Timo Meyer trade. Didn't get enough. Should have gotten one of Alexander Holtz. I know you weren't going to get Luke Hughes. New Jersey wasn't going to deal him. Understandably so. But to not get Holtz 
Um, they wanted Mercer and they weren't going to get Mercer. It was kind of like when Ranger fans thought that they were going to get um, Braden Point and Mikhail Sergachev for Ryan McDonough. It just wasn't going to happen. But um, San Jose really just not moving off Mercer for as long as they did really hindered that package. And I mean, they, they have some good prospects. They have William Eklund, but where uh, they, they, they need some more depth, I think in their farm system. And I, I think they could use a little more top end prospects as well. So I, I don't think that it just automatically solves everything. It helps absolutely, but automatically solve their problems are fixed. No, I'm going to go shot here. I'm going to go shot. So no. Anthony, what do you think? Um, I was, I mean, I, I could go either way, shot or beer. I mean, I mean, I know they still need a viable option in, in goal. Um, you know, their defense is, eh. but I mean, they're gonna, they do have Bordolo and, and William Eklund who are going to be mainstay soon. You know, they're good young players. Uh, they both have 41 points in the AHL. Um, I believe it was the, you know, first year for, for both of them. Um, aside from maybe a cup of tea Bordolo got last year at the end of the year, but, um, they're both look to be good players. Then you have Tomas Hurdle, who's still a good player. Um, Couture's a little older, you know, but he he's still playing well. But then the thing is, Connor Bedard just has he has the potential to be McDavid like. Um, and anytime you you get that type of talent, um, it, it really it really really helps you. Despite there really no really good horizons in net for them. Um, but I mean, he he really would help the team going forward. But like I said, I do have some reservations with some of their overall depth, but um, I'll go with a beer just because of Bedard's ceiling. Their goaltending is a mess. Their defense is a mess. Uh, Pete brought up a great one right here. I have to share with you guys. So it's right here. Uh, $15 million combined to Vlasic and um, Couture to 25, 26. You kind of want that uh, to, to be there. It's just, you know, I, they're not fixed. Connor Bedard is a great step forward. Think about Tampa Bay in circa 2008 and then 2009. Stamkos didn't fix everything. It took Stamkos and Hedman and then their veterans to get everything all, all to get their ducks in a row. And then they made a run at the, uh, the 2011 conference championships. It's going to take much more than just Connor Bedard. And that's one reason why I actually think the Arizona Coyotes playing well is a good thing. Because you can't just think, oh, I hope uh, we're gonna suck. Hope we get Bedard. Bedard is gonna be a beast, guys. I he does. He's not. He's not gonna erase everything. And also, think about Jack Eichel. He's about to play his first playoff game. It's been nine years, whatever, seven years. Feels like it's nine, especially after all the trade deadline talk last year. Anthony, we talked about the playoff races, and we're gonna talk about them a little bit more right now. But uh, we had the Calgary Flames. All three of us picked the Calgary Flames to win the Stanley Cup this year at the beginning. But they are right now two points back of wild card number two, five points back of Seattle for wild card number one. I'm throwing it on you. The Calgary Flames are making the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go beer just because the Winnipeg Jets are, are essentially keeping the Flames in the race. Um. At this point, I still like the Jets better just because Hellebuck really is a lot better than Markstrom. Um, 
But both, I mean, both teams are playing. They really don't want it. I mean, Winnipeg got shut out last night by San Jose. I mean, when you're, you know, when you're trying to fend off a team for a playoff spot, um, that that absolutely cannot happen. Um, so I don't know. They're both kind of eh right now. But um, I think the Jets have have better goaltending. Um, but overall, it, it's it's close. But I'm gonna stick with the Jets, and I'm gonna say they'll make it, and the Flames won't. Beer. Phil. Screw it. I'm gonna go bold round. <laughs> round. It just this Winnipeg team is just playing like such trash right now. And I, I literally just said before that they're doing everything that they possibly can to um to basically miss the playoffs. Uh, Josh Morrissey was over a point per game, was like well over a point per game at one point, just a few weeks back, I would say. He's now under a point per game, four points under. He's a minus four now. Mark Shifley is a minus 19. And although he has 38 points, his 61 points are the lowest I think he's had in quite some time over a full season. Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to finish with maybe probably 60, 65 points. Blake Wheeler looks like age is finally catching up to him, only 50 points. And then after that, there's an 18-point drop from Wheeler's 50 to Adam Lowry's 32. Cole Perfetti not being in the lineup does not help them at all. Um, They just have not gotten the contributions that they needed from other players. Connor Hellebuck is... Having a good year, respectable year, 2-6-0 goals against 9-17 save percentage, but I do not trust this team. I really don't. And I think Calgary, if they want to save Daryl Sutter's job, if they want to make the playoffs, I think this is where they step up and they make it. So, um, But this stat from Pete is not a good one. They have not won a game this season when trailing in the third period. And that's on two things. That's on coaching, and that's on leadership. Oh, this is – wow. This question has got a whole lot of logic that is very hard to come up with, guys, because the games are even. They're two points behind each other uh, apart. The, the, the Flames play the Jets on April 5th. So next Wednesday, a week from Wednesday, they play in Winnipeg. The uh, the Flames have four games at home, three games on the road. And if you go to Tankathon right now, the Winnipeg Jets have the 15th most difficult uh, strength of schedule remaining, with their toughest games being against the Devils, the Avalanche, and the Wild. The Calgary Flames have the easiest schedule according to tankathon they have one against chicago one against san jose one against anaheim two against vancouver one against nashville and one against the winnipeg jets throw vancouver out the window they are playing great hockey right now eight and two in their last ten they're playing great and they 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 don't even have thatcher demko back i i think right uh, possibly i'm not sure about that but i have to look at that if, but, if Rick Tockett had a full year with this team, Rick Tockett would probably be up for Jack Adams. But, Phil, here's the other thing. 
Calgary has 15 overtime losses. Oh. And if I remember correctly, somebody please put it in the comments below if I'm wrong. They have a losing record against non-playoff teams. This is the kiss of death for me to say this. But I'm buying everybody around. The Calgary Flames are making the playoffs. And if if Markstrom can remember last year, or if Daryl Sutter just says, fuck it, play De- uh, Dan Vladar, whose numbers have been much better, I don't, I don't care about Jacob Markstrom's feelings. You're getting paid. This kid's going to play now. And if, and if you want your job, come back in and get it. I'll, uh, uh, Ranger fans, if you remember 1995, Mike Richter wasn't playing well. They gave the net to Glenn Healy. Glenn Healy struggled after winning a couple games, and then Mike Richter took it back and never let go of that net until his knees gave out. So it's just you, that's what has to happen. If you, you got to take the net away, he's got to take it on back. So it's it's just like that. It's but but Calgary, it felt I don't know because Calgary can't win against crappy teams. Yeah, and this is another good another good point for Pete here. Um Sutter has to figure out how to use Jonathan Huberto. And I think that's the biggest problem with this team. I think the key acquisition that they brought in in Jonathan Huberto in that trade with Matthew Chuck has clashed constantly from day one with Daryl Sutter. And I think that's why Sutter probably gets fired in the offseason, regardless mm-hmm. of whether they make the playoffs or not, because they are not going to bring this guy in and then trade their best young player, their be- they're honestly their best player, for him and have the coach stifle him completely. It's just poor asset management to do it. I think Sutter's gone either way, but I think Sutter wants everything that he can get from this team in these last eight games or whatever they have left. God help the Western conference. If Calgary figures it out in the next two weeks, yeah, that's how much faith we had in them. And you looked at that team. They got, you go, uh, Elias Lindholm, Nazem Kadri. Those right there. Those are two pesky centers. I don't want uh, against my top two lines. And then you got guys like uh, Mangiapane and uh, Huberto's a 100-point player. This guy didn't forget how to play hockey. Something's wrong. It's the coach. And it's the coach. It has it's to be the, the coach. coach. He's not injured. But true to form, you don't hear Huberto fucking throwing him under the bus. No. So, all right. And Filk, eight, team, uh, eight points separates five teams in the Western Conference. Sorry, the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, six points separate four teams. This year is proof that the NHL needs a playing game or a playing series. Shot. I don't want anything to do with that. Go away. It sucks in basketball. Baseball is doing something like that. Stay away, please. I'm ending it right there. Anthony, what do you think? I could see I could see why you're posing that question because the Jets are only like two points ahead of Calgary. And, you know, if it comes out to a one-point difference, you can make the case. Well, you know, it's one point. But I don't know. I used to be for it, but I'm going to go – I'm going to go shot. Um, I like I like it the way it is. Uh, however, you know, there is something to be said for more revenue and, you know, more excitement for those two teams that are playing a play to see who gets that last spot. But Bettman has been steadfast against it, so I don't see it changing. Thank God Gary Bettman is steadfast against it. 
uh, uh, this is so many shots. I'm buying the entire bottle and I'm getting it from Drizzly <clears throat> since I'm going to keep on trying to hock for uh, an affiliate <laughs> marketer. But it's um, but Anthony. No, absolutely not. The NHL has got a good thing going. I know. I understand. We could talk about the format and whether or not you think the divisional format, that's really what this is, is the best way to do this. I mean, after all, you wanted to get more divisional rivalries. We haven't gotten, we still haven't gotten a Ranger Islander playoff series in since 1994 in this in this right. format but we've gotten the rangers capitals a million times however anthony i gotta say like this then no absolutely not no 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 keep it the way it is you definitely because here's the problem once you do well eight first nine and one game playoff at number eight's rank yeah okay and then it becomes well a one game playoff is unfair they should get a a, a two game series okay wait mm-hmm. why and that's what happened with baseball. It's a one-game playoff. And again, I said with baseball, if you didn't like it, then win your games. Same thing with yeah. this. You got 82 games to figure it out. So, no, absolutely not. And I swear, if they ever do it, I'll have to drive out to the city and give Gary <laughs> Bettman a slap. Final, fortunately, the, the best part about it is if I drive up, go to Gary Bettman when he's eating lunch and slap him, he'll probably look at me and go, well, I had that coming. I don't know why. Uh, what are you for? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of Gary Bettman is the only sports commissioner that they had a movie made about him. If you haven't seen it, Good Cop, Bon Cop. Uh, it was a good one. And uh, he really is the butt of the joke in that one. So that actually is going to do it for us. And we're very passionate about that. Once again, everybody, make sure you check out Drizzly whenever you don't feel like going to the liquor store. Are you that much of a drunk? You don't feel like going to the liquor store. You have to have somebody deliver it to you. Well, also don't forget beer and other things. Sometimes you just don't have time. Use Drizzly. Anyway, Anthony, one reason why I'm definitely glad that you're back right now. Well, I mean, other than it's great to see you, uh, is (laughs) that uh, we were talking about just want to get your thoughts about two things. One, the all things Islanders post that John put up this week um, on there the Islanders record with Pellick and Palmieri. Your thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, with Pellick, it's no surprise. Uh, you know, aside from, you know, Sorokin, um, you can make the case that he's the mo- you know most important player to the Islanders lineup. I mean, he's their, he's their best defensive defenseman. Um, you know, he plays against other teams' top players night in and night out, logs a lot of minutes. Um, he's just so steady back there. Um, you know, in that um, – in that athletic uh, poll I sent you guys the other day, underrated um, defenseman, you know, he, he wasn't in the article, as they even said at the start of it, like guys like Pelican have been said they've been underrated for so long now that they're, they're not underrated anymore. But in some of those yeah. charts and metrics, you saw he was pretty much on every one. Um, he's, he's just a really – he's one of the best shutdown defensemen in the league. Um, put him right up there with Slavin. And when he's out, the Islanders really miss him. So that's not surprising. Paul Murray, um, you know, he's he goes through spurts where he's been pedestrian. Um, so it's funny to see that, you know, how good he has been since he's since he's come back. More specifically, he's got 10 points in the last six games. But, um, you know, the fact is the Islanders don't have like that many secondary pieces, which Paul Murray is. So when Paul Murray was out, it, it really is just up to the top guys like Nelson and, you know, Barzell, Horvat. Paul Murray's the one guy that provide that provides that, and they were missing it. Now you know he's come back, and you know he's providing that for them. So 
Um, great to see. I don't know if you saw his – he scored two goals the other night, but I don't know if you saw the one where, like, on his backhand, it was, like, filthy. Oh, so I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Before, and I don't think Mark heard me yeah. say it, but that backhand goal was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I did. I I, yeah. I, I, I watched that last night – or not last night. No, yeah. Sorry, Monday night. It, it was phenomenal. That, was, that game against – we yeah. didn't break down that game against the Devils enough. That that was beautiful. And then he, his second goal, he just fired a wrist there and just absolutely smoked Vanacek. So, you know, if he could continue – playing like this, similar to the way he did against Boston in the second round a few years ago. Um, that's a much-needed addition to the Islanders lineup. He's on now, pace for 53 points right now. And, and you think about that. Yep. 53 points. He's got 31 points in 48 games. And I know you said 10 in his last six, which is yep. a big part of why that number looks as good as it looks. But on pace for about 53 points this season. So if you have this Kyle Palmieri playing all year – maybe he's looking at chasing some career highs. Mm. Now, Anthony, we were mentioning this in the A block, and it's funny because we're actually going backwards to the A block. How you doing, Chris? <laughs> um, hey, Chris. What's going on, uh, I do have to ask this question about this, and that's the Islanders really had kind of a rough week. The They came back from the two-goal deficit against the – uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets. Then yeah. they lose that game against Buffalo. The less said about that game, the better, because nobody likes that game. But then they come game. out, they play that game against the Devils. Would you say that's probably the most important game for the Devils all year? Uh, sorry, for the Islanders all year? Because on top of that, then they get help that night and the next night with Pittsburgh and yeah. Florida losing. Um, Listen, it, it's it's – a tale as old as time, right? With a team that's looking like they're bound for the playoffs to lose to a non-playoff team, you know, it's a, it's a spoiler role, you know. Um, unfortunately, it happens. And in Columbus, um, you know, the Islanders, the Islanders did not have it. Um, they they simply did not have it. Uh, I'm glad they got a point though, because being down four-two, it looked like they weren't going to get anything. So that point was crucial. Um, and then, you know, the game against Buffalo, you know, they, they laid an egg, but they came out against Montreal, uh, Montreal, New Jersey, um, and they imposed their will on them. Sorokin was great in goal. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of took that game over in the third period. Um, but it was, it was an important two points. Like you referenced, they got, they got help. Um, and now it's at the point where they're, they're, they're six points ahead of the Panthers. Um, as I said in your text, when you said that you think like 93 points would go get it in, I even said 92 because the Islanders go three, three and one these last seven games, Florida would have to go seven and one to pass them. Um, so not happening. it's it, yeah. And, and also they play the Panthers play the Maple Leafs tonight. He's not even back up. He's not even the backup. Alex Lyons start is the starter, and they called up a goalie from the AHL. Um, an Islanders win. Tonight. <laughs> Alex Lyons yeah. started tonight's game. And, and they are going to get trounced. Oh I my hope god! So. But an Islanders win tonight. Get trounced, I'm telling you. Pretty much seals. Pretty much seals the deal. Um, but just hold on. My daughter's calling me. I bet you could talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back in one second. <laughs> oh, okay uh, right. what's your name linda richmond over there and and when anthony comes back he's going to tell you a very inspiring story yeah and then nobody all right so nobody here thinks that the islanders are going to miss the playoffs what we're all hoping and i think everybody outside of pittsburgh hopes this 
is that the Pittsburgh Penguins missed the playoffs. Nobody thinks the Islanders are losing a spot. No. Losing it. They control their own destiny right now. If, if the only reason they would miss it is because they they just decided to just not start start not showing up and doing their thing. So. Oh, rats. Hold on. What? All right. I, I lost my thing, guys. Uh, uh, there it is again. Because uh, also, Anthony, I got to ask you this question. Because you have the story to tell about Hudson Fashing. Muted. Anthony, you muted. Unmute. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for letting me know. Um, story came out a couple of days ago. They did a piece on him, uh, you know, about his journey to stick to finally stick in the NHL. And, you know, he revealed that all of his siblings are, are in a wheelchair. They're not able to, you know, walk or, you know, or talk. And, you know, he made a joke that, um, you know, he used all the good genes and, uh, you know, he felt uh, he felt so much pressure to to make it and, you know, do something. Um you know, just talked about the battle it was growing up like that, you know, have, having his siblings in the way they are. Um, he only talked about some, you know, dark nights when he was in Rochester and buff with Buffalo and, you know, kind of not making it. So, um, you know, when he finally got a chance to stick here, you know, he's really, you know, he, he really has played well to the point where, you know, when Barzell, the last, you know, last regular comes back, you know, he's not coming out of the lineup, but, you know, it would be, Simon Holmstrom or someone like that, but um, fashing actually reminds me of a of a younger of a younger Cal Clutterbuck with more with more size. Um, you know, he skates really hard. Um, you know, he, he goes to the net, he hits. Uh, he's been a really good energy type player for him, um, and he's even chipping in offensively here or there, which is you know big this time of year. Um, I, I think the Islanders should definitely re-sign him um, to a one or you know, one or two year deal, um, give him a one way this time. Um, you know, he's, he's earned it. Uh, and it's really inspiring to see a guy like him come out and, you know, have, have success and, and stick. Um, he's worked really hard for it. And given his background, I'm really happy for him. Seven goals, eight assists, 15 points for a fourth round draft pick from, uh, for the LA Kings from 2013. Waiver. That, what? He was a waiver claim. Yeah. I mean, but the fact that he was he was drafted 2013, Phil, that's no, I know, but I'm just saying the Islanders got him from waivers, correct, Anthony? No, they, oh, they signed him. They signed a one year deal. They signed him in the summer. Just as oh, like no, a, they signed nothing oh, kind of signing. You know what? I thought he was a waiver claim for some weird reason. Yeah. The Islanders got two good bargains between uh fashing and uh and what looked like Wallerspoon was gonna have. Uh, but haven't seen much of him in the last couple months. He's been once they got healthy. He's been a healthy scratch. But um, no, yeah, it's it's fashing was a you know it was kind of like you know when they first called him up, it was like ah you know who's this guy and you know you saw him play. Um, he definitely brings it and you know he shows some flashes of skill. And I think you know for a guy like him, you know who's really grateful to be where he is. You know when you when you work really hard, good things are going to happen. And you know he's certainly doing that. And you said he's got multiple siblings that yeah, have he's, issues? He's, yeah, his, his younger – he's got two younger siblings that are both in a wheelchair. Yeah. 
And that that's a lot to play for. And no, that's a lot, cer- that's a lot certainly, to inspire yeah. you every single night. Especially when, as, you and, know, when and, you're, when, when you're on a two way, when you're on a two way deal and he's making, you know, peanuts in the AHL for, you know, for so long, it, it you know, it, it could become, you know, difficult. So, um, you know, now that he obviously he's up right now, um, playing on a higher AAV, um, but that's why hopefully next year he can get a one way deal and, um, continue to play well, but I, I really like him going forward on the third or fourth line. Well, especially yeah. as a fourth liner. And after all, he's got a game winning goal this year. It was a little controversial, but he's got yeah, a game winning goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's obviously, you know, you, you want to go and you want to make that money and you know, for someone who has dealt with what he dealt with, it kind of reminds me of Michael Del Col in his, in a way and how Del Col had, his younger brother who he was taking care of and had all yes. those ailments. And um, I mean, I, I guess you could ramp that story up to about an 11 with bashing, but uh, I mean, it's, you know what, the, these guys, they're people too. They, they have their own real life issues. They have things that they have to deal with obstacles that they have to overcome hurdles that constantly get in their way. Um, and, Hudson Fashing is no different. And, you know, it just, it gives you more of a real life aspect as to some, some of the things that these guys go through. And you know what, this guy over here is just working his ass off for a new deal. So, and I I think he'll get it. I think he will get it. So um, I, I would, I would, I think the honors would be smart to do so because right now you ask me who I'd rather have on a fourth line, in, in, a, in a bigger game, I'd rather have Hudson Fashing than either Matt Martin or Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah, I, they're I still able to pull out a goal every now and again, but I'd agree with you on that. No, I, I just think Hudson Fashing is just a far better player than those two as of right now, especially Matt Martin, who, to, to me, I mean, he's still physical, but it looks like he's lost a little bit of his edge as he's getting older. And I just don't think he can skate with today's game anymore. I just think that that, that part has kind of just passed him by and Cal Clutterbuck. I feel like he's going to be like um, from the, 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 the spoof movie where they're talking about Rocky and the bot and the old boxer just turns into dust. That's what I think that Cal Clutterbuck's <laughs> body is going to happen because he's just taken so many hits, had so many injuries over such a long career that he just, I don't know how much more his body can actually take. Anthony, yeah, so... you know, for a while there, for a while there, I thought he was going to be, you know, because he was out for a while and he just, you know, he came back a week and a half ago. But it was looking like I was like, I was wondering, he might not come back and find himself in LTIR next year and, you know, ride out the last year of his contract and that's it. But, you know, he came back and um, he's playing. So I don't know if that will happen anymore, but who knows? Uh, and. Uh, you were saying the Islanders probably only need about three wins, maybe four. Florida up four. one nothing. Florida's up one nothing. All right. Yeah, they just scored. Well, we saw them go up two nothing on the Rangers. We know how that ended up. Yeah, Anthony. So I'm going to put you on the spot. How long does it take for the uh, for the Islanders to clinch a playoff spot? Are they on the verge? Can this be done by next week? Yeah, I would say in the next. Seven, eight days. Yeah, I, I, you know, I could, I could see it happening. Um, you know, Florida keeps playing the way they are. You know, I don't just keep picking up points here or there. 
it's going to happen. And especially the way Pittsburgh's playing. Yeah, I, I think I, I think between Pittsburgh and Florida, I, I definitely think that's possible. I think the Islanders are in a real good position right now. Um, not necessarily cruise control, because I think if you're the Islanders, I don't think you want to play cruise control. Maybe you might rest your guys to the last couple of games of the season, but I, I think you want to keep your team fresh going into the playoffs. You want to keep them playing important hockey, but they're in a real good position right now. Well, they play yeah, tonight versus the Washington Capitals. They're in action right now, by the way. And then they go the next time they get back to UBS, it's April 6th. Uh, I cut somebody off. Sorry. Pittsburgh is a, is a, you know, they're a joke right now, Pittsburgh. Um, it's, they, I mean, they, they lost 7 4 to Detroit last night. Um, you know, they, they can't keep the puck out of the net. And, you know, Ron Hextall is looking like a horse's ass right now for not doing something about his goaltending. Um, that team, they're not. What? They're not, all right, so I'm going to cut you off there. I'm going to cut you off there. What could he have done about his goaltending? I mean, that's a fair question. Um, I mean, I you got at least right. I mean, I know it's easier said than done sometimes, but when you can clearly see that your team's weakness is goaltending, I mean, try to do something to to. But, some but sort of thing, who says that he didn't try though? That because to me, the only thing that I can see that really would have helped them would have been John Gibson. And did Anaheim want to move him? Were there discussions? What was the price? I mean, there's a lot of questions to ask. And I, I listen, I'm not trying to defend Pittsburgh, but it just the the options that seemed available didn't seem like significant upgrades over Jared. Yeah, I also that's, think that's that you could also, and, and as well as you guys are right about that, both of you, because mm-hmm. you, there were other low cost options. James Reimer could have been an option. Um, I mean, Tristan Jari is one of the UFAs, I believe, or free agents that's coming up. I, I had a list yeah, of yeah. them. I'm sorry. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but there's significant things that needed to be done. I just think you needed to identify Tristan Jari wasn't the guy to begin with. And it sounds mean to say, because, hey, Mark, you made the All-Star game team last year. Yeah, but every single season ends poorly for this guy. And he makes bad decisions. I go, I, I know I'm talking about two plays, two specific plays. But against the Rangers in that mid-March game, he made a pass up the middle of the ice, reminiscent of the one that cost him the playoff series against the Pittsburgh Penguins cannot have that and that's the type of goalie that he is if he's gonna if if you're gonna have a goalie like that you might as well just pack up and run you better you better stop every puck that comes his way because that's the answer on that one um by the way everybody that participated in the poll we have the it was how will the new york rangers finish the regular season 12 percent said metro division champs 54% 54% said second place with home ice and uh, third place said still playing well um, in third place. And then 10% said third place stumbling into the playoffs. Philk, how do you think the Rangers are going to end their season? I'm going to say second place home ice. I, I, I just think that they're playing real good hockey right now. And I, I think that you're going to see 
Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko are going to up their games. I think that's going to help guys like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. Artemi Panarin's playing better lately. Mika Zibanejad is just Mika Zibanejad in March. It's just it's Mika March. We've yeah. just come to the realization of it. That's what it is. Um, State of Survival asking, how many upsets are we going to see this playoffs? It's a good question. I think I think the Islanders can upset Carolina. I really do. I don't trust Carolina's goaltending. I don't. I agree with you on that. Uh, Carolina, uh, I, I don't like the Islanders for a matchup for anybody. Anybody. Um, even the Boston Bruins. You're talking about a goalie that's won a playoff series versus the goalie that hasn't won a playoff series. Um, okay, so there's them. Calgary Flames, if they get hot. Maybe they could do something. I don't see Seattle or, uh, or uh, Winnipeg really making a push now do you count two versus three as an upset in this case well yeah technically that would be an upset so i mean tampa bay but here here's the thing tampa bay and toronto tampa bay might not be considered the underdog in that series though (laughs) so i don't i don't know if i i don't know if i'd necessarily consider that the uh consider that an upset is it weird if you ever say that there is no underdog in that series? Like, uh, I don't know. Like Maybe. Tampa Bay would be the favorite, but Toronto would act like the favorite. I don't know if Toronto would want to act like they're the favorite. I think Toronto would rather be considered the underdog. I think they would rather use that to their advantage. Because that, that, that market that, always uh, has Keith. pressure on it to win. Yeah. Hopefully that's a message that Sheldon Keith could deliver. Um. Oh, Brody Bro is saying, "Hell yeah, Filk." Uh, still no score so far. Islanders versus Washington Capitals. Uh, we're gonna stick around for a few more minutes. Yeah, uh, it's it's just there's. I I think that there's the real question is, out of this, never mind how many upsets. What is gonna be the biggest upset in the playoffs? Do you think right now? Gut reaction. I have to take a look at the standings and see what the and, and even that you might have to project forward. I mean, right now yeah, we're doing really. I I, I want to answer this question when we actually get the matchups because I don't. We're we're still the, these matchups are still yet to be determined, so I don't really mm-hmm. think we answer that question as of right now. And Brody Bro is saying, I want to see me some Islanders Bruins first round and watch the Roken frustrate the bees. I mean, if, if the Islanders could upset the Bruins, that would be a big one. But, hey, you know what? The Islanders upset a 58-team Pittsburgh Penguins uh, – 58-game-winning uh, 58 Pittsburgh Penguins team in 1993 that had four 100-point scores and six players that finished with 80 or more points, which is actually the NHL record. So – um, that's it's that's still ridiculous. That might be one of the greatest teams I've ever seen not to win the Stanley Cup. I, I would say either them or the, I would say maybe the 96 Red Wings would probably be the greatest team to never win the Cup just because of how stacked they were and what they were doing to teams on a nightly basis. Nobody had answers for the Russian five. Nobody had answers. nobody. Just nobody. And I mean, they literally chased Patrick Waugh out of town to Colorado. 
in in, in December because um, Jacques Demare wouldn't uh, wouldn't hold. Yeah, he wouldn't hold, and it was just that was an that was just crazy to think about. I remember when that trade happened. I was like, uh, what? I can't help but think about two things now that you mentioned that, Phil, because I I always want to continue our what if series because I love those 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 videos. Um, but what if the Red Wings don't light them up, and what if uh, the Nordiques never move to Colorado? That trade does not happen with him in in Colorado, and if they lose, uh, sorry, with the the Nordiques still in Quebec. And if they lose four to one, he doesn't go. Maybe the Red Wings do win the Stanley Cup that year. Yeah, uh, they probably do. I mean, the Nordiques made, or uh, sorry, the Colorado Avalanche made a big deal at the very beginning of the season, probably about eight games in, to trade Owen Nolan to San Jose for Sandy Soslinch, which was big because they needed a puck mover from the back end, being that Steve Duchesne was no longer there. Uh, he was their last real good puck moving defenseman. But um, Nolan for Ozelinch was a trade that doesn't really get the, the love that it, it should um, because it, it gave them the, and not only that, but it helped out their power play big time too. Because you, you put on that power play, you had Sackett, Forsberg, Ozelinch, Kamensky. Young, Lemieux, all these different guys that could score goals on their power play. And that was big for them. But, yeah, Patrick Waugh and Mike Keane, who – Mike Keane doesn't get enough love. I know Ranger fans, um, they hated they, they hated Mike Keane because he had – They got Mike Keane and Brian Scrudel at the wrong time. At the wrong time, and, and Mike Keane helped end Pat LaFontaine's career, which sucked because LaFontaine was actually having a really good year with the Rangers – as a number two center behind Gretzky, but um, no, Keen, Keen was a good player and definitely helped bring depth and leadership to that uh, to that team and experience. So, uh, uh, pops, yes, we did. We talked about the Heedle contract. I mentioned it to Sal. I want to say it was around the one hour mark. Look for the Matt Boldy conversation when you just slide back. Um, the and by the way, the Nordiques were not winning that Stanley Cup with. Stefan Fasse or Jocelyn Tebow for that matter, as we found Tebow completely exposed when he got to Montreal, Um, even after he had one good season in Montreal and then that was it. And they were already working on the Rangers killed him in the playoffs. Yeah. The the Rangers lost the first two games of that series and absolutely stormed back and made Tebow look like he didn't even belong. Right, and they shut down Vincent Damfus in that series. Pierre Turgeon ended up having a pretty decent series out of that, but the guy that was the nightmare in that series, we all remember Damfus because those first two games were big. The guy that was the consistent presence was Saku Koivu. He was everywhere. Saku Koivu yeah. was a pain in the Rangers' ass in that series, and yes, he was. He but made this is where Brody Bro is right about this, Philk. You got to love the NHL playoffs because it's so unpredictable. Anything can happen. You get to a, you, you play tight and then you get to a overtime. Lucky bounce goes in. That's everything. Triple so. overtime, game three, Rangers Capitals 2012, Marion Gaverick, ending it at 12.15 in the morning. I'll never forget. I was at a friend of mine's house, my best friend at the time. Anthony actually knows him. Um, 
And we were watching that game, and we woke up his father, who had to go in to work at 3 a.m. in the morning, and he was not happy about that. So, <laughs> yeah, but triple triple overtime. And then I, I just I remember the triple overtime games during Anaheim's run in 2003 with Jaguar and the games against Dallas and Detroit and the, the five OT games. And even like the the five OT game between um, Tampa Bay and Columbus a few years back. Like that game was that game was incredible, man. Incredible. It's games like that that you just love to watch. But I mean, Battle of Florida last year. That was that was that, something. that's that's fantastic that we finally got the Battle of Florida, and uh, did they get it two years in a row? Yeah, it was two years in a row because they yeah, had two the, years in a row. The, yeah, the, the, the shortened season. The the, the shortened season was, had the better series. Oh, much better. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that series. That, was so that much series better. was so, that series was one of the most fun series I've I've watched in hockey in a long time because I got to just sit back and watch two teams absolutely kick the crap out of yeah. each other. And I can't believe game four went the way it did, where Florida was throwing everything at them, and Tampa ends up rolling them. I think it was 5-1. Yeah. So that was it was it on that. David Wood, by the way, also said, L.A. over the Oilers. I'll maintain the same thing I said about the Toronto series. Is that an upset? L.A. is the second seed. People are forgetting that. The Oilers, they got the best player in the game, if not the top two players in the game. So, I think LA. I, I think the Oilers take that series. I, I just think he get. I think Connor McDavid continues to score at about a two point per game pace, and he just powers them over. I don't know if LA is going to have an answer for him. Uh, and I and I mean, there's there's been so much, so much that I'm looking forward to in this playoff series season, and we still got Phil. We still got three, two, three weeks to go. Like, there's still so many things to talk about. It's going to be unbelievable. But that's what this is all about, everybody. I'm going to start playing the music to cue us out. And because uh, this was a jam-packed show, it's great that we had the yeah. breaking news about Philip Heedle. Philip yeah. Heedle, long-term as a New York Ranger. Can you see Philip Heedle taking that second line center spot? What's that? Can you see Philip Heedle? Taking that second line center spot. I mean, that would be ideal because that way you can move Vincent Trocheck and then you, you go get a, a, a lesser expensive third line uh, third line center, and then you have Philip as your number two, making less than five million. But I mean, as of right now, that's not probably something the Rangers are looking at. They're probably looking to take this depth and and win a Stanley Cup with it. So, yeah. It, look, it's going to be interesting what happens in the offseason if Tarasenko or Kane, either one of them, try to take a pay cut to stay one more year. And it's also going to be interesting to see what the roles are going to be for some players next year. Because Brendan Ottman's coming, and he's going to be a, a cheap ad for them. That's going to be a good thing. Will Cooley, what's his future right there? So that's why I necessarily – I'm not 100% in on that Barkley Goudreau is gone or – uh, some other players are gone, maybe like Ryan Lingren, maybe he stays. Because if they can fit those cap numbers, let's say $11 million, I think the for Lafreniere and uh, Miller, I think the Rangers end up able to get a decent chunk of money to pay one of those guys. There's still going to be 
some questions about what their payouts are because do they I do was, they pull a Korea and Solani in 2003? Yeah, really good question. And they, if they get even closer to the Stanley Cup, let's say they lose the Stanley Cup Finals, that could change everything too. Maybe one of the guys wants to stay. Um, Phil, one last question before we sign off is that one. Could Kaka be under the radar so. guy to get moved? I don't. This I, I, I just think that would be badass at management, especially when he just put up a career high in points. But I, I don't see it. I, I think that would be. That would not be smart. I got to say this. A lot of fans rip Kakbo Kako. But you talk about a guy that's a second overall pick. He's been moved around the lineup all over the place. Up, down, left, right. He's been moved around like the Contra Code, Phil. And it's just like, you know, that takes a lot on you mentally because you don't know what's expected of you. You know what's and funny? He, he's he has four points point away from Ford. And he yeah. can do it. And if he does that, you look at that and you say, hey, this guy just scored 40 points this year. You know, in his first, like, like full year. And, you know, he's, he's, he's on a line that he has chemistry with and consistency with. So th- that's going to make the Rangers think about, you know, really moving in. Unless they get something that they really feel... I can help them going forward, like a similar, like a like an asset that's got a similar age or a similar ceiling that maybe needs to change of scenery. Uh, I, I don't even know if they would do that because I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're like dissatisfied with Kaka. I just think I he think, needs to work on skating and shooting. I think he's going to be really good. I think the Rangers are pretty satisfied with him, Lafreniere, and Heedle because they're not asking anything of them. As fans, we want to see that. Of course, that's going to be the case. But I don't think that's – I definitely don't think they're doing it. And John is saying it right here. Kako's a great two-way player, too. He just needs to add some more weight and keep his confidence. I don't know if he needs to add more weight. I, I, I think he's got enough muscle as it is right now. I think he needs to add speed. I think if he added lean muscle, then okay. But, I mean, he needs to really work on his speed and shoot it. Uh – and by the way, Brody's saying it right there. KK yeah, is smart on the fuck. Hard to get away from him. And look, Kako is Kako hasn't said anything. He's he's doing his yeoman's work. They took him off of off of the PP2. Didn't because Patrick Kane came on the team. And he he didn't mind. I was I actually a lot for near went to be the guy in front of the net. This is um I I I don't have any bad things to say about Kako and his, his contract more than affordable to keep him on this team. You don't yeah. have to worry about that. And, look, if that's the case, oh, here we go. Kako the Rangers Michael. easily say no to that right now. Rangers I say no? Right now, the Rangers easily say no to that, Anthony. I know that Anthony fired Oh, that. yeah. Well, I love when Anthony does these. I can't wait for I can't wait for free agency who says no, what we're going to come up with. That's going to be even better. Highfield has 21 points in 45 games this season. He's been back and forth between the minors. The, the Rangers easily say no to this. Yeah. Uh, they also, they, now that they signed Hedl and they got Trocek, it's the center depth. There's no need There's no need for Highfield. You, you get maybe a winger yeah. of around the same age that's posted similar numbers to Kako. Maybe they think about it, but definitely. And not only that, but. The, the Rangers can't afford to move right wings right now, especially with the uncertainty with Tarasenko. You can't do that. Yeah, no, you, you can't do that. I mean, again, Ottman's coming. 
I keep saying this over and over again. Brent Ottman's going to be here next year. So, and while we're at it, I'll say Will Cooley's here too. But that would probably mean Barkley Goudreau's gone is what you're saying, Phil. So, and if that's the case, wow, they I can't believe they got rid of that. All right, guys, that will conclude our day. Uh, two hours and three minutes. You guys have been troopers watching us the entire way through. 21 of you right now. It was 45 of you for the most part the entire time. Uh, of course, we're going to have a lot more. We're going to have uh, post-game coverage all the time, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Once the Islanders conclude, I'm going to have to do a show every day. Oh, kill me. <laughs> all right. But, guys, thank you very much. Don't forget to check out SeatGeek. And get twenty dollars off your first order. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey. Filk used it for wrestling. Come on, you got to use it for there. And I know there's been a couple more other usages for it. So that's a great thing to have. John, thank you very much. We aim to please. That is what we do. So, everybody, thank you very much. And we will see you. Maybe not next Wednesday. We might have to reschedule, but soon enough. Let's go Rangers. <laughs> 